Uh, they speak of the glory of the Word made flesh. In Him was love, and that life was the life of men. Of course, Christmas season is the season where we reflect upon the coming of God among us in the person of Jesus. The glory son of the babe born in the manger. Low within the manger lies he who built the sky skies, he who throws in high sublime, sits amid the cherubim. This morning, however, I want to turn our gaze in a different direction to another description of the lights of the world. Again, from the pen of the Apostle John, but this time, kind of, not at the beginning of his gospel, but at the beginning of his book of Revelation. We're literally at the end of one year and on the cusp of a new one. And the things like Christ that we very much need to hear at this moment in time. We will need the perseverance of Christ to face what our afflictions may come in the coming year. We'll need the energy and strength of Christ in the face of the pressures that will come across. We'll need the wisdom of Christ as we face the complexities of life. We'll need the stability of Christ when everything around us seems to change. And through all things, we'll need the assurance of his sovereignty, his authority, and his John knew more about Jesus than almost anyone else. He'd been one of the first to follow Christ. He was chosen to be among the twelve. In his gospel, he tells us of Jesus tired, of Jesus thirsty, of Jesus weeping. He was there at the foot of the cross. He raised with Peter to the empty tomb. Not alive, we more about Jesus crucified and raised to life than John did. Yet there was a time when he still needed a fresh vision of Jesus. He was gifted that vision in the vision he recorded in the book of Revelation. We too often need a fresh vision of Jesus. Through John's words, such a vision is gifted to us. It's a vision of Jesus, the heavenly king. And it comes from Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 to 20. I'll read it for us. I'm John, your brother and companion, in the suffering and kingdom of patient endurance that I was in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet. He said, write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was one like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool. 
white as snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. The figure John saw is described in a mixture of kingly and priestly terms. He saw someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. This, of course, is the glorified. He's wearing the robes of a priest. A phrase robe reaching to the feet is a word from the Old Testament. It's not used anywhere in the New. And it refers specifically to the robe that a priest would wear in the temple. He has a sash, not around his waist, but across his chest. Signifies his high status. It is a golden sash, the colour of kings. The priesthood he holds is very bright. Of course, here is the great heavenly high priest we read of in the letter to the Hebrews. And we read there that he is able to save forever those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for such a high priest meets our need. He's holy, he's blameless, he's pure, he's set apart uh, from sinners. He's exalted above the heavens, unlike other high priests. He does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, because he made a sacrifice for sins once for all when he offered himself. Priests of the Old Testament tend the lamps of the temple. And here Christ tends seven lampstands, which represent the seven churches this letter is addressed to. He looks after their lives. There's a reminder here as we enter into the new year that Jesus is in our midst. And Jesus is tending the lights of this church too. The company will trim the wick, will add more oil, will make sure that the candle doesn't go out. He will encourage us, he will discipline us, he will direct us and challenge us, he will always be sufficient. John speaks of the one who he sees as having a head and hair all white like wool, as white as snow. A few weeks ago I spoke about the vision of Daniel 7, where we see one like a son of man in the heavenly courts. In that same vision, God is described as the ancient of days, who sits on the throne, surrounded by his heavenly hosts. His clothing is white as snow. The hair of his head is white like wool. Those characteristics 
in this case, the eternal being and entire holiness of God. So the distinctive characteristics of God are applied to Jesus. He has infinite wisdom, divine dignity, eternal majesty, absolute purity. This is the risen Christ in the glory of God. His humanity is still affirmed, but invested with the signs of his deity. This is the eternal Son, the Holy One of God, the wise, the pure Christ. A new year will bring challenges for all of us.
He alone will not disappoint us if we will but trust him. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Another hint here, uh, a scene in the Old Testament this time from the book of Ezekiel. There the voice of God is heard and it sounds like the roar of many waters. Everything here proclaims Christ's identity. It's true here is the word made flesh, the light of the world, who is glorified again. His right hand involves the seven stars that later explained as being uh, symbols of the churches. He holds the churches in his hands. He's the chief shepherd, the one who lays down his life for his sheep. Out of his mouth comes a sharp, uh, double-edged sword. His word has penetrating truth. It divides. Narrow and sinew separates good uh, from bad. Finally, something I've never seen before, something I saw for the first time uh, preparing for this morning. His face looks like the shining, the sun shining in all its brilliance. Do you remember the ancient blessing of Deuteronomy? Blessing we often end our services with here at St. John's. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Here the face of Christ is not shined upon, it does the shining. The face of Christ is shining with the light that is the light of men and women. His light is not a reflecting light. It's not borrowed, it belongs to him. His light reveals his true nature because it comes from his true nature. His light is the glory of God. He wears the robes of the high priest. His hair is white as snow, has the wisdom of the ancient of days. His eyes blaze like fire. He is awake. He is alive. His feet are polished bronze. His stance is firm. He will not slip. He will not fail us. His voice is like the sound of many walls. He speaks with the authority of God. His word is sharper than a two-edged sword. His face shines like the sun. In all its brilliance. That's why I asked him. Proud Richard of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for all you have given us in your Son Jesus Christ, our merciful Redeemer. Our friend and brother. We thank you for all the pains and insults he has borne for us. And we pray that we may see Christ more clearly. We pray that we might love him more dearly. 
Amen. Lives and reigns with you of the Holy Spirit.